0: chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, no worries, but if you have one, Luke chapter 2. And in case we haven't met, my name is Brandon, and my wife and I, we are the campus pastors here at this particular location. Uh, we are one church, multiple campuses uh, here in TKK in the Rock Hill Catawba area, in Gastonia, North Carolina. And this morning, on behalf of Pastors Gil and Deb, we just want to say one more time, Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to church. We're so thrilled every time we get to gather together and worship God and open up the scripture. And so on behalf of Pastor Gil and Debbie, welcome to church this morning. Uh, Luke, Luke chapter two, we are concluding today a series that we have been in for the last three weeks that we have entitled Waiting on a Promise. Waiting on a Promise. And in case you haven't been here, let me catch you up very quickly. We've been talking about how Christmas, Christmas really is all about Jesus, can I get an amen? amen? We 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 know that, but I think oftentimes we really forget in our heart that no no the, the whole reason we are celebrating, the reason that we're we're getting dressed up and going to parties, and the reason that we're you know uh, honoring different traditions, it's it's not about the things, it's about Him. That he really is, as cliche as it sounds, he really is the reason for the season. That Jesus, he is why we celebrate. He is why, that, why, why we have a Christmas. This past week, my son in his preschool class, they sang a song, do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why it's Christmas? There was a baby born in a manger and his name was Jesus. I asked my son this morning, I said, do you know why it's Christmas? And he goes, nope. Like, buddy, you sang the song this week. Come on. But we, we celebrate Christmas because of him. We've been talking about how Jesus, he really is the fulfillment of the promise made all through the Old Testament. From cover to cover, you will find that the promise was that God would send a Messiah, he, he, he would send a Savior. That what interrupted perfect relationship with God and man all the way back in the book of Genesis, God said, I so love the world that I will send a savior. I will send the, the Messiah. One will come and he will live the life that we cannot live. He will die the death that we deserve, fully satisfying the payment of sin for all of humanity. And on the third day, that man being Jesus was raised victoriously by the power of God and now faith in him, through faith in him, we have perfect relationship with God. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us, that God so loved the world, he demonstrated and proved that in sending his son Jesus, that we might in, in him, through him, have life. We've been talking about how that promise that, that, that God made, Jesus, the fulfillment of that promise, how he, he was not the only promise, but rather he opened the door for us to now be able to receive the promises, plural, of God. The Bible says all of God's promises. Someone say all. all. All would indicate there's more than one. All of God's promises are now yes and amen in or through Christ Jesus. We've been talking about over the last couple of weeks how we have, first of all, an eternal promise. That yes, we are forgiven of our sins, but also we will spend eternity in a place called heaven with our creator. Paul actually writes that it's in this hope, not the hope of a bigger, better life here on earth, not in the hope of of the realized American dream. No, in this hope, the hope that this is not our home. God, God God will bring us back to himself and we will live with him eternally. That's the hope in which we were saved. We've been talking about how not only do we have eternal hope, but we have the hope of promises God has given to us for life here on earth. The Bible says God has already given to us through Jesus all things, again, someone say all. All All things pertaining to life and godliness. That he is the one that meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That he is the one who is our provider. He's our protector. He's our healer. He's our wisdom. He's our comfort. He's our counsel. Jesus is and has provided access to all things you need that I need, that we need for life and godliness. And not only that, but there is the personal, like very individual and specific to you. There is the personal promise of the purposes and plans that God has for your life. There's not a single person in this room who was not divinely created by God with purpose. You, you, you can go verify in the text, Jeremiah chapter one, Psalm 139, Ephesians they all they all talk about it and they all allude to we were created by God with purpose, with intentionality. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. God, uh, God says, the thoughts I think towards you are good thoughts of a future and a hope. There, there are promises that we now have made available to us through the promise and that was, that was Jesus. And really what we've been talking about is is asking this question, how then do we posture our life to receive or to see fulfilled all that God has for our life? And we've been going to the biblical narrative, the Christmas story, and we've been looking at different characters. We talked about the very first week, Mary, very familiar passage to many, but we talked about Mary, how Mary, she received a promise from, from God. She surrendered her life totally to what God was desiring to do and by faith received something that seemed absolutely impossible. We talked about how if, if we want to we see fulfilled the promises of God in our life, we have to start by going, what are those promises? We, we have to receive from him his word, receive from him what he desires to do, what he has already promised us, and we have to surrender our own will surrender our life, surrender our will to his and by faith go, you know what, God, this might not be my plan. It might seem improbable and even impossible, but like Mary said, let it be according to your, to, to your word. Last week, we talked about a really fun subject and that is obedience. And we talked about how through so much of scripture, what you will find is that God gives promises followed by instructions and commands. That, that God, all through scripture, you will find he gives a promise and he follows it with instructions and commands. And oftentimes the fulfillment of that promise comes as we are obedient to the instructions and commands that he gives to us. When we reference Abraham. Remember, God says, Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Immediately followed, he says, so pack your bags, buddy, and go to a land that I will, we could go story by story by story, and, and we don't have the time to recap the whole sermon, but, oh, but obedience does matter. And kind of a continuation from last week, I want to conclude this, this series today uh, by looking at a man named Simeon. Now, I've been told his name is Simon, but I like Simeon. That's, that, sounds, that sounds cooler to me, and I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I only say that because last time I, I preached from this passage, someone goes, you know, Pastor Brandon, that's not his name. I said, well, you know, that's how I pronounce it. So we're going to look at a man named, 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 named Simeon today. I'm teasing. And um, it's, it, it, it's a continuation from last week. It's a conclusion to this series. But but also, really, it, it's a sermon that I want to preach, just stirring something up in us as we approach the The new year. You know, we're we're two weeks away from it being a brand new year, and and I want to stir something up in us as we approach the the, the new year in in relationship to being people, that we live our lives led by the Holy Spirit. That we we don't live our lives presumptuously, we don't live our lives being the boss, we don't live our lives doing what's no, we live our lives led by the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about today how so much of receiving the the, the promises, receiving the fulfillment of them, so much of it has to do with being in the right place at the right time with a heart or eyes that that are aware, that can see what God is doing. And I want to look at this passage in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter two, starting this morning in, uh, I believe verse 25, I'm, I'm telling you, the words on the back of the, uh, on, on the screen are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I think they're changing the font every week. Luke chapter two, yes, verse 25. It says, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon or Simon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And listen to this, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So so already we know this about, about Simeon, that he was a man who was just. He was a man who was devout. He he was a righteous man who was devoted to God, devoted to the things of God. He was a righteous man who had devotion to him. And the Bible says he was one that, that, that had the Holy Spirit upon him. Well, hold on, Brennan. I thought the Holy Spirit didn't come until after Jesus ascended. This is true. However, what you will see through through scripture is there were certain people that God put his spirit upon them and it remained. Simeon obviously was one of these men. The Bible says that he was just and and, and devout and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Just gonna gonna keep pointing stuff out. Remember, God's promises, they come from, from God. We won't go to this passage, but in 1 Corinthians 2, I believe it is 9 through maybe 14, 15, something like that. The The Bible tells us that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, heart has has not comprehended the good things that God has in store for those who love him, but they have been revealed to us by the Spirit of God that we've been given the holy spirit that we might know those things freely given to us by God. So it was revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. Notice this verse 27. So he came by the spirit, led by the spirit, filled with the spirit, prompted by the He came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. If you taking notes, you can write this down, just this simple title, uh, but, but it's this, if you're taking notes for the, the sermon today, Right Place, Right Time, Right Perspective. Right place, right time, right right perspective. What we see in this story is, is this man, Simeon, he had, he had a promise from God. He had something that God had given him as a guarantee or as a promise. You will not see death. You will not go home to be with Jesus. You will not be, 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 uh, uh, be, be taken to, to me until, until your physical eyes see salvation. Until in, your eyes see the Messiah, the Savior that I, He had a promise from God, and and what we know about about this man is that the the temple was probably not a um, a a place that he was not familiar with. It it was probably uh, very much so his custom, his routine that he was he he was in the temple. So we can't say that you know he never went to the temple. And one day the Holy Spirit just said, "Hey, you should go to the temple today." But rather he. He he came this day, the Holy Spirit being upon him, he came this day with, with something in him prompting him. He came this day to the temple being led by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but you just have a sense that there, there, there's, just, there's something different about this moment. There's something different about today. There's something different about this conversation. There's something different. He came with the with, with stirring in him of the Spirit into the temple and, and what what, what we know is that while there were there was some news, some news that had gone out about the birth of Jesus. This wasn't something that was widespread. Uh, in other words, this has not gone viral on social media just quite yet. And, and so it's not like he was coming in knowing, oh, today's the day. I saw the advertisement yesterday. Today's the day that the no, no, he, he, he came being led by the Holy Spirit. He, he came prompted, just stirred of the Holy Spirit and his eyes, someone say eyes. eyes. His eyes, his perspective. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter two, I believe it is 14. It, it says, you know, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. You, 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 you know, you know, the, you know well, they put it on the screen, thank you. Um, we'll, we'll just read it. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Verse 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. But the natural man, the person who's just living, with, with eyes and perspective that are that, that are that are in the flesh, that are in the natural. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, so Simeon goes to the temple and his his eyes are are aware. He's seeing in the Spirit. And the Bible says that he sees, he sees Jesus. And it, the, the text doesn't tell us the whole exchange, but something in him just knows this is, this is the one I've been waiting for. This is the, the, the promise that God had given me. Today is the day that I will see fulfilled the promise that God made to me that my eyes, my eyes, they would see his salvation. I, I don't think that we can get around the reality that so much of receiving or walking in what God has for us, it is being in the right place at the right time, with, with the right eyes or perspective to see what God is doing. I remember when I was 18 years old, um, my, my plan was not to be a pastor. That wasn't like my lifelong aspirational dream. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to do something. And um, my, my, my plans were very open, but I remember being 18 years old and the Lord speaking to me in, in the, the loudest, clearest way that I'd heard up until that point. And all, all I knew God was saying is, I'm calling you to ministry, stay right where you are. I'm calling you to ministry, stay right. And so I came back to the church. I talked to the youth pastor here at the time. I said, hey, I don't really know what this means. I don't really know um, like what the options are, but I just feel like God spoke to me at this conference that I was at with my parents that I think God's calling me to ministry and I think I'm supposed to stay right here. And so I started interning for a couple of years. And uh, a number of, of my friends who are around me or people my age started interning as well. And, and, and we were kind of all in, in, this, in this together. And I'll never forget, we were uh, me, me and a good friend of mine, we were driving uh, from lunch, I think, and we pulled into the church parking lot right right here at this campus. And, and we parked And before we, we got out. He said, hey, I gotta tell you something. I said, yeah. He said, Um, I, I just want you to, you to know before I do it, because, you know, we're friends, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to So today and I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I said, what, 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 why are you quitting? He said, you know, you know that I really feel called to like, to, to ministry. Yeah, like that's, like that's why we're here. Like that's why we're doing, said, I, I just feel called to ministry. He said, you know, I, I just don't see, I don't see there ever being an opportunity here at this church for me to do what I, what, what I feel like God's calling me to do. Well, there's already someone in that role. Someone already has that job. And um, I feel called to this particular area of ministry and I just don't see any opportunity. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm going to go find somewhere else where there's more opportunity. And um, no, no word of a lie. Less than one week later, the person that was in the role that he really was praying and believing God for, like not a two weeks notice, a two second notice. Here's my resignation. I'm... I'm leaving. And I'll never forget this, this lesson God teaching me that here he, here he, he was this friend of mine. He was in the right place at the right time for what he'd been praying and believing and asking God for. He was in the right place at the right time, postured and positioned like on a silver platter for this promise, this thing in him, he knew God was calling him to. He, he, he was in the right place at the right time before he started walking in or making decisions in what, what he could see in the natural. I'm, I'm telling you this morning, so much of what, of what God wants to do in your life, it's gonna require you just being in the right place. It's going to require you being in that place at the right time. It's going to require you being around the right people, having the right conversations, making the right decisions. And hear me this morning, the only way we can do that is to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to be spirit-filled, spirit-led men and women of God that say, God, I am not calling the shots of my life. But I'm submitting surrender to you saying, God, would you, God, would you leave me? So here's what I want to do. I want to give you very quickly today three very practical thoughts on how we in this new year, concluding the series, how we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. It's simply this. It is to set your mind on the things of the Spirit to set your mind on the things of the, the Spirit. If you wanna be led by the Holy Spirit, you must intentionally set your mind and your heart, your focus and your attention each and every day on the things of the Spirit, not of the things of the flesh or of this world. Romans chapter eight, I love this passage. The Apostle Paul's writing, and he says this, Romans chapter eight, he says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their, their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Pause right there, I wanna read it one more time. Paul writes and says, those who live according to the flesh, those who are just living in their natural understanding, those who are just li- living, uh, uh, led uh, very presumptuously, just doing what's, those who are, who, who are in the flesh, they do so because they've set their minds on the things of the flesh. In contrast, those who are living according to the, the Spirit, they do so because they've set their mind on the things of the Spirit. And continues and says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want to live in a way where I'm experiencing life and peace. Can I get an amen? But to live spiritually mind is life and peace because the carnal mind the carnal mind the 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 flesh the my my perspective my my opinion it is uh, uh, the carnal mind is enmity against god it's in contrast to the ways of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Paul says, do you want to know why people who are led by the Spirit, why they're led by the Spirit? Because they've set their mind. They've set their thinking. They've set their heart on the things of the Spirit. One of the things that I heard long ago that has just stuck with me is this reality that where God has given you ability, he's often given you responsibility. So often we want God to just do all the heavy lifting. God, just lead me today. God just guide me today. God just, just take over and just take the wheel of my life. It's like Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. Just to, but but God's given you the ability to set your mind, to set your focus. Colossians 3:2 says this: set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I say then walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk led by, walk in the spirit of God. And because your 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 natural man is, is is in contrast, you will be walking in in the way, in not the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of God. Walk according to the spirit and you will not be walking in in your own ways. We we gotta be led by the spirit and it starts with us setting our mind on the things of the spirit. Very, very very practically, it's it's making decisions like saying in the morning time, um, rather than getting up and immediately checking email, rather than getting up and immediately just scrolling my feed, rather than waiting until the last possible second to roll out of bed, Rather than getting up and, and just throwing on my gym clothes so I can hit, hit the gym, I'm gonna start my morning by by spending time in the secret place. I'm just gonna start my day, whether it's five minutes or it's five hours, I'm gonna start my day with God. It's practical decisions just saying, you know what, on, on the way to work, instead of listening to sports radio, I'm gonna listen to a sermon. Instead of listening to, 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 to news radio, I'm, I'm just gonna listen to someone teaching and preaching the word of God. It's decisions like, you know what? Instead of just throwing on a random station, I'm gonna listen to worship music. I'm gonna fill my house and fill my car and fill my, my, my AirPods with, with the things of God. It's making the decision to go, you know what, maybe instead of just binging another episode, maybe I'll, maybe I'll read scripture at night. Maybe I'll read half a chapter of a, of a, of a book that I'm reading that's helping me to, to grow in relationship with God. It's making practical decisions it's developing practical routines that keep your mind and your focus set on him. Number two, you can write this down, but it's, but it's simply this, ask him about everything. Ask, God, Brandon, how, 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 how am I led by the spirit? Ask God about everything. Someone say everything. everything. Ask him about everything. Bible says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, some of your ways, no, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. James 1.5 says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, if anybody just doesn't know what, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. It was about this time last year, I found myself on a phone call with a pastor friend of mine who I look up to very very much. I think very, very highly of him. He is in uh, probably his mid to late 60s. And I feel like every time I see him or talk to him, uh, he's got even more joy and more energy than than he had the time before. Do you know anyone like that? That like every time you talk to them, they're just getting better. They're getting sweeter. They're more full of joy and energy in life. And and I said, can I ask you a question, Pastor? How, how do you stay so fresh? Because I hear a lot of talk, just especially pastors and leaders. And I I just hear a lot of talk about people just getting tired, people getting burned out and, you know, ministry and church and life. Like how, how is it you've been, been in ministry for over 30 plus years and you're so fresh. And he, he said this, he said, you know, Brandon, I ask God about everything. I thought he was going to say something a little more practical. Like, well, you know, I went on keto last year. And ever since I cut the carbs, my body, it runs on fat. It's fueled by, I'm in ketosis. And it's not what he said. He, he said, you know, I, I asked him about everything. So, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I'll give you an example. He said, it's Christmas time. I said, Christmas time is busy. I said, yeah, it's really easy. He here's busy. Said, Parties and, you know, obligation to be in ministry, different services and events. And he said, it's busy. He, he said, but I don't, I don't just presumptuously do stuff. He said, I'll give you an example. We got invited to a party this weekend, Christmas party, someone in our church, and they're, they're, they're good friends of ours. And rather than just saying, yeah, we're, we're gonna be there, I asked the Lord, Lord, which, which by the way, key, key, key word, key thought, he's the Lord of my life. That, that word Lord, it means boss. it means rule, It means you're leading, I'm not. My knee is bowed to you as the leader, the, the, the boss, the director of my, I'm not calling the shots. He said, I just asked, Lord, do, 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 would you have us go to this party this weekend? So I thought the Lord say yes. And so I asked the second question. I said, Lord, how, how, how long do you, do, do, do you want us to stay? Parties from this time to this time. And he said, I the Lord just say, go, go and stay for an hour. Go, stay for an hour be gracious, love your friends, and then go home and go to bed and get rest and get, get, get refreshed. He said, he said, you know, Brandon, the Bible says this, that Jesus calls us to come to him. He says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, all you who are tired, and, he says, come to me and I will give you what? Rest. He said, Brandon, the the reason so many people, pastors, leaders, or just people in the world are so tired and wore out is because they're carrying burdens that Jesus never asked them to carry. They've made decisions and commitments and determinations, and they have hobbies and they have obligations that is costing them time and money and energy and taxing their schedule, and they're wore out because they're carrying burdens that Jesus never asked them to carry. He, he said, he said Brandon, don't ever forget the key to staying fresh and light and experiencing the rest of Jesus is to ask him about everything. I, I don't know about you, but I, I can think of a lot of things that I've carried or I'm even carrying that I'm doing so because presumptuously I've made decisions. Presumptuously, I've said yes to things. Presumptuously, I've taken burdens on myself that I, I, I have to ask the question, Lord, am I carrying this and is it wearing me out because it's a burden you never asked me to pick up? And because it's a burden you never asked me to pick up, I don't have the grace from you to carry this. Ask him about everything. And here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him, ask him. Ask him about everything. And, and I love the promise in there. And he will direct your path. Number three, you can write this down. But, but be, being led by, by the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not only setting our mind on him, asking him about everything, but it's being led by the word of God, the multitude of wise counsel, and the peace of God. Let's talk for, for a moment about God's word. God's word is perfect. Let me just say it again: God's word is perfect. Psalms 18, verse 30 says this. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven, and he is a shield to all who trust in. Proverbs chapter 30, verse five, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. We have been given one of the greatest gifts ever, and that is the living, breathing word of God. This book speaks in real time. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this book was inspired by the spirit of God. And it's useful to teach us, to correct us, to lead us, to guide us, to mold and shape our life. We have to be led by the word of God saying, Lord, what does your word say? Not only do we be led by the word of God, but we, we need to, to surround ourselves with, with the multitude of wise counsel. Listen to the scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. It says this, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there is no counsel, the people, they, they fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is, there is safety. The Bible says this in Proverbs 24, verse six. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. In a multitude of wise counselors, there is, there is safety. Can I tell you who wise counsel probably is not? Wise counsel is probably not just your peers. It's, it's probably not just the people that, that you, you, you barbecue with and you, you know, hang out with and, and, and do life with. And I'll tell you why, because wise counsel is, it's the men and women of God that God will bring into your life who have more experience, more wisdom, and more depth in the things of God than you currently do. I'm thankful for all of my really good friends. I, Jenny and I, we've been blessed with great friends. And I'm thankful for good friends because the Bible says a righteous man should choose his friends carefully, knowing the way of the wicked leads them astray. We need godly friends. But here's what I know about, about a lot of my friends. We're all in a similar season of life. And we all have probably a similar level of wisdom, a similar level of experience, and a similar level of depth. And what I need in my life is men and women who who they have more experience than I have. They have more wisdom than I have. They have a depth of understanding and and a depth of relationship with God that that I don't have yet. A lot of times, just because of time, because the amount of years they've been, sur- we need to surround our life with wise counsel. And I'll tell you why, why we often don't. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself, he does so because he seeks his own desire. And he rages against all wise judgment. Do you know why we often don't talk to the people we should talk to? Because we want to do what we want to do. And, and, and we don't wanna to be told the thing that we think they're gonna tell us because it's actually the thing we know we should do but we don't wanna do. And Proverbs goes, you know, a man who isolates himself, a man who, who pushes, and, he, he does so because he's seeking his own desire. He, he, he does so and, and in doing so, he rages against all wise judgment. I'm gonna say one more thing on, on this and then we'll, we'll move on to the, to the last one. But, but, but you gotta remember that while we need wise counsel, the, the wise counsel or the men and women of God that God will bring into their life, they're not God. Can I just say that again? They're not God. I had a friend of mine one time, he, he said, you know where so many people miss it is they put people in a position to, to where they need them to act like God. Hey, 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 question for you. What do you think I should do? What, what do you feel like the Lord's said? I, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know. What do you think? He said, you know, what we should do is we should go to God first and we should get a sense for what the Lord is saying. We should go to God and say, Lord, here, here, here's a decision I need to make. Here's an obstacle I'm facing. God, would you, would you speak to me? Give me wisdom. We should go to God's word and say, God, I know this is what your word says. God, this is what I'm sensing. And then we should go to the men and women of God that, that have been placed on saying. say, can I ask you a question? I have this opportunity I have this door that's been opened, but I'm 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 facing this and I think the Lord is leading me to blank. Can I ask you a question? What do you think? Can can you pray into that and speak into the, the Wise counsel is not God. They're, they're put in our life. God places men and women in our life to, to give us safety and parameters, to hear from God and process and sense. What, what does the, the, the book of Acts say? It says that it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. And lastly, not only do we need God's word and the multitude of wise counsel, but we need to be led by the peace of God, by the peace of God. Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, instead of being anxious and worried and and not knowing what to do in everything, some will say everything, in everything, go to God In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and listen to what the promise is. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I remember asking uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Gil, my dad, one time, Dad, how do I know that I'm really hearing from God? How, how do I really know that, that, that it's God? And he said, you, you be led by peace, son. What, what, do, you, what do you mean? He, he said, you let the peace of God pull you forward or stop you in your tracks. The, the, the most real experience I've ever had is uh, I was offered an opportunity, this was years ago, and um, I, I went to meet with this guy about this opportunity that was being offered, and um, he took me out to lunch. It was a good lunch. I let him buy me a good lunch, and uh, it was a very good lunch. And we probably talked for maybe an hour or two hours. And um, it was an opportunity that I really wanted to take. I really, I said, this is, this looks like a great opportunity. This I, I kind of been praying for. something. I want to do this. So we talked and we kind of processed, and I said, "All right, I'm your guy. I'm in." You, you can count on me. And, and I made the decision and I got in the car and, and I pulled on to, to the interstate and no word of a lie I had to pull over because I thought I was going to throw up. And all the peace just left me. And I thought the Holy Spirit say, wrong move, bud, wrong move. I had to get my phone and Pastor. I'm so sorry. I know you just bought me a really, really good lunch, and it was really good. I really appreciate it. And I know we just talked about all the things that were in your heart, and, and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm your guy, but you'll, you'll have to forgive me because I missed it. That's not what God is asking me to do. He asked me, he said, he said well, will you? I, I don't know if he, he was allowed to do this, but, but, but I felt so bad and I'm like okay, yes sir yes. he said take a couple of days and I want you to write me like an essay on what you learned and I'm like I, I don't know if you can ask me to write an essay you're, I'm like you're not my boss, you're not my teacher you're not my dad um, yes sir and, 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 and I, I wrote him this short essay and basically what I said is, you know, you know what I learned is that God is really really good that God is so gracious that, that even when we, in our, in, our, in our best efforts, make decisions, thinking and, and wanting to be led by him, that even when we miss it, that he's so good that he stops us and he holds us. You be led by the peace of God. You set your mind on the things of the Spirit. God, I'm gonna get up and just create patterns and habits and routines to set my mind on you. You ask God about everything. God, I'm, I'm not making decisions unless I'm asking you, God, what are you asking me to do? You allow God's word to be your parameters. You invite people in to help you pray and process, but then you be led by the peace of God. I don't care if everything adds up. If you don't have peace, don't move forward. I don't care if it looks like everything you've always dreamed of. If the peace of God leaves you, don't you keep walking? Don't don't you foolishly harden your heart and keep moving? You allow the peace of God to hold you, and you allow God's peace to lead you. I want to encourage you that as we are ending this year, 2022, uh, you heard Pastor Jenny mention something that uh, January 1st, it's the first Sunday of the year and that we're having kind of a a New Year's service. And I really want to encourage you that you'd be a part of that, that you would uh, resist the urge to sleep in one service, 10 a.m., but you'd you'd be a part of that service, uh, that you would come and you'd celebrate with us people being baptized and you'd be here as Pastor Gil preaches and teaches and leads us into the new year. But I want to ask you also that you would consider January 2nd, someone say January 2nd, January 2nd, we're starting something as a church that we're calling this 30 for 30, 30 for 30. And we are asking everyone to jump in with us and to start the the new year, giving God 30 minutes every day for 30 days. We're, we're asking you that you, you, you would uh, go to, the, to the, uh, the welcome desk, the next step desk rather, and you'd grab a life journal. It's the, one of the journals we use to uh, find a, a, a daily Bible reading plan and a habit that you'd grab a life journal. If you can't afford it, we will give you one, but go and grab a life journal and January 2nd, jump in with us. And we are going to say for 30 days, 30 for 30, we're taking 30 minutes a day and saying, God, I'm, I'm gonna begin to carve and create this new rhythm. This new routine, this new habit of spending time with you in the secret place. January, we're going to be starting a series called "The Secret Place," talking about spending time with God and what it looks like to have a daily time and a daily place where you meet deeply with God. Uh, the, the 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 Wednesdays in January. Every Wednesday in January. Uh, Myself and Pastor Jenny, we're we're, going to be leading a class here on Wednesday nights. Child care will be provided. We're going to be leading a class teaching you how to read the Bible, how to journal, how to spend time with God. We're doing everything we can in the new year to say, let's be led by God. Let's devote ourselves and give ourselves to being people that we put God first and we allow Him to lead us in everything. Why? So that we can be postured and positioned in the right place. Right time with the right heart and the right eyes to see and receive and have the fulfillment of the things that God has promised and the things that God desires to do in our life. 30 for 30 starting in January, uh, we're praying that you jump in and that as we start the new year, we're going to start strong saying, God, you have our first and you have our best. Someone said, Amen. Can I pray for you today? God, we thank you today that as we have taken the last number of weeks. And we have uh, oh, uh, opened your word, and stirred ourselves up, remembering that that you have promises that you have given to us, and you have given for us. That there are promises that that you desire to fulfill in our life. There's purposes and plans you have for us. We thank you, God, that as we've looked at these, these passages and stirred ourselves up, that God, that you're speaking to us. We thank you, God, that you're reminding us and stirring us up on the inside of all the things that you have for us. And we ask you that as we go into the new year, you would help us in the name of Jesus to imitate those who through faith and patience have inherited your promises. Help us to be ones who receive from you your words, who like Mary said, say, let it be according to your word, who walk by faith, who are led by the Spirit. And we, we pray just in faith that in Jesus' name, 2023, it, it would be a better year than 2022 in every way, that it would be a year where we would see exponentially all that you want to do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.